Welcome to another leadership podcast from the team here at C3 Southwest Washington. To find out more about our church, visit c3swwa.com. Welcome to Leadcast, the official leadership podcast of C3 Church in Southwest Washington. I am your host, Jared Gillahan, and this is part two in our series on alignment. Back in the studio with Pastor Steve and Pastor Saxon. Oh, yes. You to talk about tips on aligning with your leader. Wow. So alignment from the perspective of how, a how follower. To, so uh, the subtitle, How to Live with Your Wife? <laughs> <laughs> it might be. Well, okay. okay. Silence. <laughs> <laughs> Crickets. Not going there. All right. So uh, <laughs> there, there's four critical alignment points in every church. We've mentioned this last time. We'll run through them real quick. That's really important that you're aligned with your leaders, aligned with scripture, aligned with church vision, and aligned with church culture. So, yeah, I think that those are, are things that apply to a church, but there's an application as well in the business world. Absolutely. You know, that, uh, that are very similar. You have leaders at work. You also have um, a, a set of rules, let's call it that, a, a policy book, a, right. a mission of your company. And, mm-hmm. you know, so if you work for a company or you lead a company, you know, you're going to have that. There's also going to be, um, you know, a, a specific vision because, you know, if you sell eyeglasses, Every eyeglass seller has a little bit different of a vision. You know, mm-hmm. I hate to <laughs> get, well, get yeah, how I did that. Good. Um, deep. That's but, deep. But you know, the the idea of because because you go backwards as we talk about church. Every church has a biblical mission. Every Christian has a biblical yeah. mandate. Right. But each of us individually, we have a slightly different vision because we're different people, and God has called us to different things, and we need to honor that. There's many churches here in the greater Southwest Washington area. But we are C three Southwest Washington, yep, and, yes we and we're not trying to be any one of the other churches. We honor them. We do things differently than them. We believe or assume that they're pursuing a biblical mandate because every church needs to do certain things, right? But we get to do them differently based on our particular vision and you know that fourth thing, our culture. And so, vision and culture really do matter. Whether it's for work, there's a culture at work. You need to follow that. There's also a culture. Uh, in a church, and God honors all of those things. And it's important to, to create that as a leader, but also to get into cadence with that as a follower um, so that, you know, the, the the entire mission, the direction of the, of the car, you know, makes it there. So. Sure. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Okay. So uh, maybe uh, give us an, uh, an illustration, <laughs> Steve. I always have some uh, throw myself under the bus moments yeah. uh, in stories. I was out hunting with a good friend of mine. Some of you will know him, Scott Duncan. <laughs> And I won't go into all the details because in this podcast, uh, we just wouldn't be appropriate. It, it just really wouldn't. <laughs> Lots of details, especially when Scott's involved. There's like crazy things that happen. But let's just say, for some reason, I leaned my gun up on the front of my truck, right, and forgot it's a hunting rifle. A hunting rifle with a scope. It's yeah. a high-powered rifle uh, with a. It's expensive. It has a uh, a pretty powerful scope on on it. Uh, it's all been sighted in and ready to go. And in the process of me sitting in my truck, I decided to move the truck, forgot that the gun was up front, <laughs> pulled forward. Then I, this fear went through my body, and I get out, and of course, the gun is laying firmly under the front tire of the, oh, of the vehicle. Now, it's padded. It's you know kind of a, a soft ground area with some leaves. It's, you know, it's fall time. It's rainy and all that. Sure. But I, I, I'm trying to figure out, do I pull forward? Do I pull backward? <laughs> what do I do? 
And uh, <laughs> so, so I moved the truck, and then I get the gun, and Scott's still not back. He had gone off on his own, uh, as Scott would do, probably because he did not want to hunt with me because a chance of, <laughs> chance of getting anything. You, you ran over your gun. This yeah. is not- <laughs> these, these are the stories. That, uh, anyway, so, um, so then I get deciding, I need to find out, will this gun still fire? I'm looking at it, and everything looks straight, so... From about 20 yards out, I point it in the direction of a tree and fire it off. You know, if it, if it had been bent, I'm not sure what would have happened. I probably would have blown it up Nothing in my good. hands. Yeah. Uh, so I did hit the tree, but from 20 yards, not a big deal. Um, later on, it's good. I took the gun into the gun shop to, to make sure it was sighted incorrectly. And if I had actually looked through the scope and tried to shoot something in the scope 100 yards away, I'd have missed it by 50 yards because there has yeah. to be an alignment between where the scope is pointed and when the, where the actual barrel of the gun is pointed. There's a process in which you align those things using you know, some delicate yeah. instruments. You bore sight right. it and then dial it in on every scope. There, are, there is an adjustment uh, left to right, and there's adjustment up and down so that you can actually get the barrel of the gun over that distance of 100 yards actually aligned, so they're pointing at the same things. Anytime I've started off with a gun, you, you're, you're usually about seven, eight, nine, ten inches off, even after mm-hmm. you bore sight the gun. And, you know, over a period of adjustments, left and right, up and down, you get it dialed in, you get it aligned. If you don't do that, you could think you're shooting at the target, but, you know, the deer laughs at you, waves, smiles, right. stands up on its hind legs and goes, ah, and, yeah. you know, makes fun of you because you're not aligned. And, and you know, unf- that's... Uh, that's that's that story is kind of a crazy story, but there are things that happen that uh, either from the beginning or mid mid journey that churches get out of alignment, teams get out of alignment, and you can fire at a tree and maybe hit it from five yards away, but when it really matters on a Sunday morning or in a a year's effort to maybe raise money to build a building or yeah. to plant a new campus, alignment becomes critical so that you hit your target. So we as leaders, one of our primary responsibilities is to know what our target is and to be able to, in the journey, get people to get into alignment with us uh, as we lead or if we have leaders over us to get in alignment with them so that we can eventually hit the target You know, as we're, per- we're walking together. And so it's critical that we as leaders are always measuring that, always observing that, when we see something out of alignment to adjust it, whether it's in ourselves or in a member of our mm-hmm. team that we're leading. Yeah. That's good. Some, some realities about alignment. And I mean, uh, right out, right out of the, the gate here, it talks, speaks to your example with a gun, you know, alignment is subject to entropy. It gets worse over time. It does. And that's the case. That's the case with the example, with a car. Of, the, well, example of the rifle, right? Yeah. At five yards, mm-hmm. that bullet is fairly accurate. Yep. But at a hundred yards, terrible. It's the further out it gets, yep. the more off the mark it becomes. And and even to add to that point, even though you can dial the gun in over time, yeah, it will get out of adjustment, even though it was in right. adjustment. Every and that, time you fire it, it's exactly vibrations are causing. You put it in the yeah. truck, it bounces yeah. around. Whatever yeah. whatever the case is, and so uh, alignment is always going to experience pressure. You're always going to be adjusting. You're always going to be dialing in. Whether that's at home. Or that's your car, or that's your gun, or that's your work team, whatever it is. There's always a process of realigning. Yeah. That's good. That's good. Uh, does it ever get better on its own? <laughs> it actually never gets better on its well, own. I think, I think that if it does, that's even more reason for concern. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? Because that means it's, things are swinging wildly and they just happen to be all, in alignment all today. You don't know where it's going to be tomorrow. Yeah. Somebody <laughs> forgot to tighten up all the bolts well, on the front yeah. end. Right, right. No, it, uh, it, it actually never gets better. I, uh, a couple years ago, I uh, worked for a company um, and, uh, and uh, we worked on um, submersible water pumps. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to a customer's uh, site and th- they just were not pumping as much as, as they thought they should. Um, in fact, in their, in their well, there was, um, high water alarms going off and, and, not and, they, and we went and it was like, well, that's not right. And they were like, oh, it's always done this. <laughs> <laughs> this is just, that, how, this that is just the normal, right? right. Uh, and, uh, and, you know, so we pulled the pump out and, and found out that, that the, the, the blades that were meant to move the water had been wore down to almost nothing. Wow. And it was wow. not, it was just barely pumping anything. And I, I think, um, you know, we, sometimes you, you get used to your misalignment. Mm-hmm. Um, That's true. And you're like, ah, it's just always been this way. Yeah. But it, it never, ever, ever gets better on its own. It always right. requires adjustment. Um, in, in, in machinery, there's always, you always have to adjust it. Always have to adjust it. Well, how many people have like injured a knee and because they didn't take care of it, next thing you know, their back's out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now, yeah. It, you know, it ripples its way. It so does. things... Not only do they get worse over time, but they affect other things for the worse over yeah. time. You know that guy on your team who has a bad attitude. Next thing you know, he's got some disciples. Absolutely, it happens. You Absolutely. know, and the converse is true. The guy who has a good attitude, he creates disciples. So mm-hmm. you know, to get people aligned is critical. Yeah, that's true. That is very very true. Um, how about uh, how much force is required to fix a misalignment? <laughs> right. Well, small small thing if you hit it early it's a small adjustment right. like on a scope it's one click yeah. is like is yep. like an inch over 100 yards it's crazy how how just a small click but man you get a car you know where the whole front end you know a tire is totally out of whack you got to get in there crack stuff use some you know some impact wrenches and that's that's painful so dealing with something early is always always a lot more comfortable than than waiting and prolonging and as it gets worse now you got to deal with two or three people now you might have to tell an entire team sit down you guys you right. guys have infected one another yeah one of the ways i learned this is you know i'm by no means a contractor or a builder but i've gotten mm-hmm. i've gotten a lot better as i've gotten older and yeah. tried some things but Early on, you learn that when you're building something, especially with wood, Saxon, you'll, yeah, you'll yeah, get yeah. This, I've you got know? some experience with when, this. When you start, you know, you might have something that's like it, you, you thought you cut it right, but it's a quarter inch off, yeah. right? And it's you're like ah, but it's it's just a quarter inch. Four feet later, yeah, oh, yeah, right. Yep. All of a sudden, now you've you've been building onto this thing, and <laughs> it's going to take a lot more yep. to correct it now than had I right. just fixed the quarter inch sure. misalignment in the beginning, yes. right? Yep. That's yeah, we deal with that all the time. I, in 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 building your coworkers you know, deal with it, or I deal with it. <laughs> you know, actually, the the uh, the the hallmark of a good carpenter is not a guy that doesn't make mistakes. It's a guy that knows how to fix his, mistakes, to fix his mistakes and make it look like it never happened. Right there, you and go. I think that's probably true with leaders as well. Right, yeah, right. It's 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 not about you know There's you no don't perfection. make mistakes right, right. It's, right. or things don't get out of alignment because they do. It's how do I correct? Them? It's how do I correct it and and keep moving forward and and like Pastor Steve said, I mean, you, you get something that's that's out of alignment. You correct it early. It sure. might be a it might be a loose bolt. You sure. know, mm-hmm. you tighten that bolt down and, and you're able to go on your way. But the longer that goes on, the more it affects everything else. 
Sure. Um, and so it, it, it could have been a loose bolt that you could have turned and, and, you know, fixed it way back when, but now everything is rattling and everything is loose and sure. you're going to have to uh, remove parts. And, um, yeah. So. I think that, uh, as you're, as you're making these adjustments, I think it's important to recognize that, um, adjusting requires there to be a standard to adhere to. That's so that's true. why it's important to cast vision early on. Like like for your worship leaders, um, for example, look, in leading worship, we're looking for you to be demonstrative. Right. If you don't say that up front, no one knows. And it, it those values need to be probably written, but definitely expressed over and over and over so that you can, you can, ex- you can say, this is what we're looking for. This is what you're doing. This is how you can adjust. It needs to be, there needs to be some standards that are written out or expressed yeah. out so that people can know where they're going. It's not just, you know, shoot a bullet into the woods and then whatever it hits, go paint a target around it. Um, Cause that doesn't work. That might work for you, mm-hmm. but it doesn't work for the rest of your team. So you want to make sure that you constantly communicate the standard. This is what we're looking for. It's really casting vision, but this is what we're looking for. This is what we're looking for. This is what we're looking for. So that people can um, to make it to that destination and make the adjustment. Yeah. Yeah. Really hard to align when you don't know what it is you're aligning sure. to. I think we've all been in that position before yeah, yeah. where we try to figure out well, what, what do you actually want what of me? Want? What do you want? So it's good. You know, if you, if you are a leader is not communicating that, one of the best ways to follow is to ask that that's question. question. Yeah. yeah, that's good. Adjustments, sometimes they can require removal and replacement. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Uh, maybe an entire podcast. Yeah, but it's a reality. Um, you know, that's, that's just, a, just a reality, that there's going to be moments where you're going to have to remove someone on your team. Uh, you might actually have to pull yourself out of a team. Um, those things happen. They're a reality of life, but there's life after removal. I mean, you know, if you, sure. if, if you're no longer able to function, maybe it's a seasonal thing and beyond the worship team, because the, the requirements are just so much and you have a new child. Yeah. It's tough. I mean, you, you, the team can't, can't fall back for you. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. You had a child, but this, for this season, it's not going to work, but understand the next day, life's not over. Right. I mean, right. there's still great things to do and great things to accomplish. And whether you end up going to a new job or you have a new position in ministry in the, in the church, or you're serving on a different team, um, yeah, there's a, there's a, uh, that happens when for you as the leader or the person you, that's being removed, but there's life after there's a lot of good things going on after yeah. that. It's not the end of the world. Don't wrap up your identity sure. all in one task or right. one team. And I think it's a beautiful thing too, when people can recognize they're out of alignment. Oh. They don't need to be told. You know what I mean? When, yeah. when, you, when you can be honest enough to say, I recognize I'm not in alignment with you, and I'm not sure how to get there. Yeah. Right? Yeah, well... I, That's a whole lot easier to work through than pretending like <laughs> we I are. Think, right? I mean, I think we've all been there at some sure. point. Absolutely. Like, recognizing, uh, it's me. Yeah. It's yeah. me. You like, know, it's a weird thing. I think that uh, I found myself one time, uh, of course, this is back when we were in... Uh, I was in a different organization... Um, for a long time, I was functioning under the belief, I think it was noble, but it, I think it was a delusion on my part, that I was trying to make the team better. Mm-hmm. Now, I was doing it from a subordinate position, so right. I have leaders over me. I'm trying to make the team better, but I'm really trying to steer from the back seat. Yeah. Right. And I didn't good. understand that I, that's what I was doing. I thought, well, I'm, you know, I'm the next wave of leader. My job here is for the future and all of that. And it's obvious we need to make this thing better. And really what I was trying to do is make it different. And I had a friend call me out on it and say, hey, listen, you know, you're talking like somebody, like the grumpy guy sitting on the back row in the church saying, they're going <laughs> in the wrong direction. You know, and I don't want to be that guy. Right. 
And the truth is, that guy is the only one in the room that feels that way. Yeah. Right. And that guy needs to remove himself. And in that case, you know, um, this friend of mine said, "Hey, I'm going to give you a certain amount of time. You either need to be all in, yeah, you know, resolve or all out." And you know, the truth is, he put me in a spot to make this tough decision to say, "I'm going in a different direction." Yeah. And I need to go in that different direction. That's that's my heart. That's my calling. That's my vision. That's yeah. my future. That's my friend's future. But in order to get to there, I can't make this car go there. I actually need to abandon this vehicle and go to another one. Now, there's a right way to abandon. Absolutely. You, you don't know. just cut and run. No, you you do that correctly. You do it respectfully. You don't and, send an email. Yeah, you right. you know, <laughs> hey, I'm speaking subtly to me. I don't think any <laughs> speaking subtly. You don't send emails. You don't leave voicemails. You know, yeah. I got in my car and I drove miles yeah. and had conversations and did it appropriately. And there was a process of doing a that. Way out. You know, and I think that, that God will honor that. Absolutely. I, you know, you got to be a man and do all that stuff. But but I but I removed myself. And although there was a transition process and it was difficult, it's led to a better future, I believe, for them Absolutely. and me. I, I was going to say the often overlooked part of, of that kind of a transition is, obviously, it was better for you, mm-hmm. but it also was better opens up a spot and provides an opportunity for somebody to fill that vacancy right. that is in alignment with that organization, right? Right, right. I agree. Yeah. Well, and I think that's that that's that macro level too. Yeah. I mean, even even you know, look a little smaller in, inside your local church family. Sure, there may be just uh, leaders that you work with that you recognize that it, that's not the fit for you, mm-hmm. and it doesn't mean I have to leave the church. No, it just means maybe this is not the team for me. Or maybe this is not the position for me. Well, oft- oftentimes it y- you may be robbing yourself of the place that you should be, where you could experience oh, effectiveness. Totally. Or and, and you're robbing somebody, somebody else's else. opportunity to be effective, who is called to the Ab- spot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I I uh, I would not um, I would not want to take Jared's spot. I, as <laughs> Jared was like, what? I, dang uh, it, that's uh, what I was the, hoping for. The, the as a hundred and ten pound no, <laughs> podcast would, host, you would, would fit in my <laughs> what, spot. What are we talking about? As in, uh, like on the administrative side of things, uh, that's just not my gifting, and 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 uh, amen. and so <laughs> I'm okay with that. Um, uh, and, and Saxon's so, a list man. Something never said in this, <laughs> <laughs> in this room. Ouch. Uh, I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, but no, I, I, I would not want to be in that spot. And if I'm, if I'm in a spot that I'm not effective or out of alignment with a, a leader over me, um, I need to get out of that spot and let sure. somebody that, that, well, that has that gifting to that step is, into that, that spot. That is so wise. And, and I think that uh, another thing to add to it, and I think that I watch all through, you know, all of us, I think I observe us functioning at this level as a smaller church, medium-sized church, your leaders will have to, and I'm talking about us and other leaders, we have to actually end up doing a number of things that aren't in our sweet spot. Yeah. We yeah. can do them, but we can't necessarily do them well. Part of great leadership is is bringing people up you know, the, the leadership ladder and recognizing when it's time to hand off a thing that you do Maybe better than they could do now, but they're going to be able to do it better, better. than you yeah. later on, right. and they're going to be able to exceed you significantly. Just recently, um, you know, for years, you know, the different ones of us have led connect groups and yeah. dinner parties. We call them now, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I have a great help um, and, and a great support team that that runs that department right now. 
Um, Tiffany Guillen, she and, and her husband, uh, yeah. Kieran, helps her quite a bit. And here just recently, I've completely even backed out of training yeah. you know, the mm-hmm. leaders because Tiffany's ready. Yeah. She's yeah. a great leader. Now, she said to me, do you think I could I could do that? Oh yeah, you could do that. Yeah. Yes, 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 and and <laughs> please and do. She's incredibly well organized, and I just stand back. And what a beautiful moment when I don't know how you guys feel, but when somebody is able to do something with greater skill, heart, commitment, compassion, all yeah, those things, absolutely. then you could do it. Yeah, the alignment of the vehicle becomes even better. Because let's be honest, yes. if I'm if I'm doing something that I can do but I probably shouldn't do, this thing's got a little bit of a wobble right. to yep. it. And so it's time. It's it's important that we build to a place where we get out of the way and let people take that, that's over. A great, that's a, the exact example that I was thinking of when we were talking about this. Is is because because not too long ago I was I was over the connections process and everything, uh-huh. and there was something I brought to it and was able to add to it. But even then, I told you, you know, Tiffany could run this better than I do. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, and and we joke about this because I'm 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 sitting here with two guys who are highly administrative. And I'm not. What was the first word? What was the descriptor? <laughs> highly. 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 Highly administrative. Highly. <laughs> we should have a soundtrack playing in the background that's like, uh, we could play Rocky, baby. <laughs> there you go. You hear theme song. <laughs> Highly administrative. Uh, and they joke about uh, my lack of administration. That doesn't mean you're not a leader, though. No, but, and the thing is, like, if I, if I tried to step into an administrative realm, they would, they would, like, you know, these guys would be like, oh, cut. no, please <laughs> step away. Step away. Don't do that. Uh, let me save you some pain. Let me save you some pain. So uh, I think being able to recognize for yourself and for your team members um, what people's giftings are. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not just um, alignment with vision, but just alignment and gifting as well. Sure. Yeah. Well, you do a great job in leading a great a number of great teams. Our student ministry is is incredibly effective. Absolutely. And it's also well run administratively. But you Because I pass that off. Well exactly. That's my point is that you know that would be you know a scale of one to ten, you know, I know you wouldn't give yourself a ten in administration. So no. whatever number you would give yourself, whether it's nine or, or, or one. <laughs> he's he's fishing here. <laughs> or one. I'm not asking Two you a number. But but what I am saying is, you know, a great leader, whether he's functioning at an eight or a two Still, my goal is to, uh, you know, as pastors, as leaders, our job is to train people up for works of service. Yep. Mm-hmm. We're trainers. Sure. Yeah. So at the end of the day, it's not that I want to work out my, my way out of a job so that I can do nothing. It's it's the joy of seeing yeah. other people function in their sweet spot. Yeah. And so whether I'm an eight or not, I want to replace myself with somebody who's going to be an eight or a nine, nine. or a ten yeah. because that's 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 our biblical exactly. calling. So yeah, it's really good. Well, at the risk of renaming this episode how to realign yourself into a different team, <laughs> let's talk about how to actually align with your leader. So what are, what are some tips to aligning with your pastor or after, your leader? I can say this. After you know 30-plus years of following Jesus, um, hitch your wagon to a quality horse. Yeah. Um, and the decision to follow Jesus, greatest decision I've ever made in my lifetime. That's a pretty good horse. I've never yeah. regretted it. He is king of Jesus kings. Well, well, I guess he's, he's king of kings. He's lord of lords, and he and he like every other pseudo leader, fake leader out there, says, "Follow me." My decision to follow him has led me to beautiful places, beautiful mm-hmm. people, beautiful experiences. He has led me to green pastures. He's led me through the valley of the shadow of death, and. That's critical. So, you know, hitch hitch your wagon to a quality leader. Now, step it back a little bit. 
because in the kingdom here on earth, we function under a human hierarchy. I would say you're never going to find a perfect leader, but I do think whether you're talking about joining a good company or joining a good team or joining a good church or good ministry within the church, uh, don't expect perfection from your leaders. But if there's any way to take some time, a litmus test and look right. look closely, because yeah. um, in some settings, there's leaders are going to change, you know, every once in a while. But high level leaders in a church, a strong church, an effective church, are not going to change very often. Pastor Phil's been leading, you know, C three right. uh, for fifty years, okay, or since the '80s. Um, and you know what? There's a trajectory that you can view. And when I look at that, and I look at the churches. I've hitched my 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 wagon to a quality horse. It was very thoughtful. You guys were part of that process. Mm-hmm. Five years to make that decision. Now, on a on a micro level, the decision to join a ministry team with a leader, you know, you know, who's maybe maybe up and coming, yeah. doesn't affect the whole course of life. Right. But but what church I go to and the leaders in the church, well, you know, they've had a lot of problems in the past, but he's a great speaker. Okay, these are these are litmus tests yeah. that you you I think it's right. important to look at. I don't think you can underemphasize or overemphasize this point enough. I mean, I think it's important. And once you find a good leader, be all in. You know, yeah, not a perfect leader, but a right. a leader that's following a great leader. Yeah. Somebody's truly following Jesus. Someone who's growing. See, someone who's on a trajectory. Yeah. Uh, because it's gonna where they go is gonna affect you. I don't care what you think; they're gonna affect you. Yeah. And I, I would say. Um, know the the mission and the vision and the culture of of uh that that leader mm-hmm. um and then and i and i've i've had to do this over the years champion it like it's your own give an example yeah, of good. that so um you know i i uh working with just you guys in this in in this church environment um there's been moments that um you steve would bring um, a vision. Hey, this is what we're going to do. This is, you know, and of course we, we talk about it and shape that thing together. But, um, when we walk out of the room, uh, your vision has now become our vision. Right. Um, it's not just the vision of one person. It becomes, it becomes your vision as well. Um, and so when we talk about it, it's not, well, pastor Steve has a vision to do this. Yeah. It's we, right? Yeah, that sounds yeah, more like a, a company than a, than a family. Yeah. You know, when you when you express it that way, I've heard I've heard Pastor leaders, Steve has decided that. Well, yeah. You know, dot, and, dot, and, and dot. that and that actually that statement that's an interesting statement that speaks to a lack of alignment because what that person is actually saying is, I agree with you, but he's making us. Right? Yeah. You know, that's yeah, what yeah, they're, yeah, what yeah. they're actually saying, and I think that that um, championing it like it's your own actually. I'd say it farther. Make it your own. One of the one of the features that uh, I've loved being a part of C three, even in the investigative season, mm-hmm. you know, years ago. And one of the reasons why I love it is because no matter where I go and no matter what I'm involved with, we have a great time. Well, no big shock that fun is actually mm-hmm. one of the values of C three. Right. Yeah. I don't know that that's been like one of C- Steve Parrish's values. I mean, I have fun, but I don't necessarily look at. Like church events and say, how do I make? We've got to have fun. I'm usually dialed so heavily into the <laughs> the theological and into the spiritual, mm-hmm. into alignment that you know whether we have fun or not. That's up to you. 
Yeah. <laughs> that's, your, that's your problem to figure yeah, out. Seriously, if you didn't have fun, I'm delivering a meal. If how you, would, you eat, it's up to you. If, if you would follow a little bit better, have fun following. <laughs> wow. <You> know, <laughs> and and you know that's a, that's an interesting thing is that in hitching my wagon uh-huh. to the entity to the family becoming part of C three. It has been an intentional focus. Mm-hmm. It's been something that right. Jared has addressed with me here recently. And because I'm committed to that, it's not, oh, you know what? C3 says we got to have fun. Or you know we're supposed to have... Right. No, it's this is who we are. It, we do need we believe this? Fun. We need to have yeah. fun. So we champion it right. like it's our own. And so looking at uh, aspects of a Sunday gathering, or I'm even looking at some of the other things that we do that are really heavily spiritual moments... What can we do to still have fun in that atmosphere? Yeah. Why? Because it makes it better. And so that's just one example of uh, I'm, I'm following too, and I'm adjusting myself to be in better alignment with my overall church family. So, you know, I think that that's, uh, I ch- I'm champion. I'm not saying C3 says we have to do this. I'm saying we want to do this. Yeah, and, I, and I think, um, you know, a, a lot of people, if you, if you just from the outside view, if you look at it real quickly, um, there might be the assumption that that the three of us in this room we just think alike and we just you know we all agree right. on everything right and, and and that's not necessarily the case no. but what happens is when we leave sure um, I know for me it's intentional that when we talk about something and I have the opportunity to to speak or give my voice to that. Mm-hmm. The language that I use is very, it is, is it very is. like it's it's important. It's thought out because it carries the culture. It does. And right. so, if Pastor Steve says something a certain way, um, I may not just instinctively say it that way, but I will actually change how I say it right. to carry that culture right. forward. Right. Yeah, and, and make it my like I'm championing it. It like creates it's mine. unity because then it becomes theirs. Yeah, uh, you know, it's can you imagine a, a mom and dad who have a discussion in the bedroom privately about something their child needs to do, and and mom coming out or dad coming out and saying, "Sorry, Johnny, Daddy says you have," you know, and, and and it's the mom talking. Yeah, Daddy says you can't do that anymore. That creates division. Right, right. Yep. You know, it, it, I was on your side. I was on your <laughs> side. Yeah. So I think that that type of language becomes really, really important. Yeah. You know. Yeah. One of the things that I I strive to do is if people have questions mm-hmm. about what's going on at the top, you know, yeah. inside the executive team meeting rooms. Yeah. Have you guys talked about this? You know, dot, dot, dot. Always expressing of, yes, we, we have discussed we, it. We. We decided right. this. Yeah. It's never, well, yeah, uh, Pastor Steve had brought this up, and Saxon and I disagreed, or Saxon disagreed, <laughs> you know. And, so and, but at the end of the day, we're going to do it Steve's way. It's not. It's never that, right? Not that it, to put that on you, because no, sometimes no, no. it's me and sometimes it's yeah. Saxon. We all sure. we all sure. bring things to the table and ideas. Sure, but it's always this was discussed. This is the decision we as the mm-hmm. team. Came I think to. that I think that we've even made some adjustments in how we communicate within the general context of the church family on a Sunday. Like we never say, "Hey." We're going to be doing XYZ project. We're hoping that you will come and be a part of it. We always say, hey, we are going to be doing this with the assumption, because we means Assumed us, participation. that all of us are going to be participating in it because that's unifying. To say that, hey, we're going to do something, but you might not be, so we need to get you to do it, is our, you know, it creates misalignment before it ever even starts. Right, so I think right, it's a right. little subtle little things like that that uh, help you to be more effective. And I think that. 
Uh, I, I do know as, as even though in many settings, you and I, the, the three of us and our wives, we all stand on very level ground. There's mm-hmm. times when we walk into a meeting where it's, you know, it's, I might be the first, you know, in an aspect of responsibility, but we stand as equals at right. times when we discuss. Right. I cast vision, but then we discuss how we're going to implement it. And mm-hmm. so there's sometimes when we do some things that are, I didn't come up with, you guys came up with them, but you guys are excellent, excellent, excellent champions of the vision of the house, you know, and I, I have never, ever for a moment ever felt like, man, why is this guy working against me? In fact, Jared will always, when he, Jared, anybody who thinks you guys are yes men, they're insane. <laughs> uh, I had somebody suggest that a while back and I was like, are you kidding me? Jared? I mean, Saxon, I see he's got a sweet smile. You know, maybe you could think that, but even Saxon. Jared doesn't even have the sweet smile. Yeah, there's, <laughs> always, there's always pushback, but it's yeah. not, it's not you're against me. It's a challenging of an idea for the sole purpose of our success. Yeah. And I've never sensed anything beyond that. And right? I, I actually, you know, when you, when you grab a hold of that, that vision, a leader's vision, and you, and you make it your own. Make it your own. Like, I, I, even sitting in this room, I, I don't ever get the sense that, that I'm pushing somebody else's vision. Right. right. It is our vision. Right. Right. Even if I didn't come up with it. That's, you know, four cars, four tires on a car. Yeah. One tire shouldn't be thinking, well, I'm glad these other guys are going in the direction I'm going in. I mean, it's, they're right. all going together. Yeah. And right. ultimately, you know, there's, ultimately there's a driver anyway. So they're just aligned with where the driver is going. Yeah. And that becomes a, a beautiful thing. So, right. yeah, that's really good. I, lo- I love this next one, having a culture of honor. When you talk about aligning with your pastor or your leader, a culture of honor is critical. Sure. Because there's going to be disagreements. Mm-hmm. There's going to be times, and, and I suppose you could call a disagreement the beginning of a misalignment, mm-hmm. right? Maybe it's a small one. But we've even within this room, we've had disagreements. Sure. They don't happen frequently. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like we're always fighting it out. Shut up. But <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> hey, it's my turn to hey, talk. Hey, I'll shut your mic This off. is my podcast. <laughs> Last time Can I you just get along. <laughs> um, but we have had disagreements sure. in this room. But the way to manage that is a culture of honor. When I know and believe in my heart that you have my best interest at sure. Do at no heart, harm. You know, you, Do you, no you, harm. You love me, you care about me, mm-hmm. then even when there's moments of disagreement you can move forward through those because I have trust in your intentions for me, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And vice versa. Absolutely. That it helps to smooth out until full alignment can be reached again. Sure. I think that one of the things that helps everybody else to experience that, and this is something that I personally have have been working on, is expressing that honor. Yeah. Um, you, you know, people can't read my mind. I mean, when I think of you guys, it's always honor. I've never been like, you know, I can't stand that sex. <laughs> um, Maybe I, moments. Maybe yeah. well, moments. I have those. I have frequent moments when I think of myself. That way. <laughs> right, right, right. I can't stand <laughs> Steve Parrish. If only I could ditch him. <laughs> um, but. What's important to create that atmosphere of honoring, um, and that's expressed. It's body language. It's yep. support, and and that creates a culture where you know, in a world where everybody is suspect of their leaders and talk down about their followers. Right. You know, how many times has somebody discovered a recording in a in some business meeting up there? Business leaders talking, you know, poorly about their employees. Right. Those guys are stupid, and, yeah. and and somebody finds that recording. Oh, so now we know how you really feel. I think there needs to be a, a trueness from top to bottom about how we speak about our wife to her face and in private. Absolutely. Our kids to their face and in private. Now, moms and dads are always going to have some 
some difficult discussions, talking truthful facts about their child. Sure. And maybe moments of frustration even in that they might, I want to kill Johnny. Okay, well, they, you really don't. And mm-hmm. mom and dad are working through a scenario, but when they deal with Johnny, it's it's completely honoring and respectful. Mm-hmm. I think that I think that it's just important. I I, I guess the, the 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 real word that I would use there is that we need to be have be people of integrity. Right. That that we don't um, we don't foster conversations about people that we follow or lead that are one conversation and have a different conversation with them. I mean, there's appropriate things we would talk with a child about their mm-hmm. behavior things that mom and dad talked about but didn't express to the child because it's above their pay grade. But I, but I do think that there needs to be a commonality all the way through. I've, I've worked in a couple different scenarios, a couple different situations where I've been with leaders who talk about somebody who's following, like they're totally ridiculous. I don't want them on, their t- on this team. I can't wait till they die. Maybe not that extreme. <laughs> but then when they talk to the person, oh, you're amazing. You know, right. That's a right. lack of integrity. And there's a fragrance again. You know, we've talked about this. There's a fragrance to that that will right. seep out. You can't talk dishonorably about people behind their back, and then be honorable to their yeah. face. It's yeah. not. There's not going to be an integrity, a truthfulness to that. God's not going to honor that. The Spirit's not going to honor that. Um, but there is an appropriate level of conversation. So I, all that to say, I think that we we want to be honoring, even when we're dealing with a difficult situation, somebody who's being ridiculous. We still keep it in bounds of conversations, even that we have in private about people. Sure, yeah, that there's there's an ongoing spirit of appreciation and honor sure. for who they are and what they do. Yep, good yeah. stuff. It's really good. What else? How about uh, ask questions for clarity if you want to oh, align with your leader? Oh goodness, up or down? You know, maybe don't just assume things about somebody following you. Yes, you yes. know, just you know, you might think they're out of alignment. Maybe they just got the wrong information. Yeah, yeah. maybe didn't, you weren't clear as a. As as an individual, Absolutely. and as 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 a a leader speaking to followers, mm-hmm. and I am a follower in other and contact and, yeah. and a leader. We're all yeah. followers and leaders. If you are in a follower capacity and you do not clearly understand something, ask please, ask. please ask. Yeah, your leader has not failed to communicate to you because he wants or he or she wants you confused. Right, <laughs> right. They think they've communicated well. Yeah, ask a question. I sure. think that I think the most frustrating thing. From from the, a leader's standpoint, is um, when somebody fails to meet your expectations. Sure. And the most frustrating thing from a, a leader or a follower standpoint is when you have no idea what those expectations are. <laughs> right, 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 right. Right. I I I have to say, um, I would say I've I've been frustrated in the past. There's been a few times, and I've been frustrated with a person for not meeting my expectations. When the real person that needed I needed to be frustrated yeah. at was myself because I wasn't clear. Yeah, yeah. what and I was e- looking and for. even if you think you were, you, you still wasn't somehow. Part of the, part I didn't the, speak their language. Right. Part of the development process as a leader is you have to you have to reach that point where when those things happen, after that frustration subsides, you can step back and go, "This is my fault." Yeah, yeah. Well, and for, and from the followers, we're talking about these tips for alignment right. with your right. your leader is. It's just ask the question. Absolutely, because some sometimes you, you could get really, really frustrated, and and I've had this, I've had this uh, happen uh, with me as the leader. Somebody come to me and said, you know, I was not quite sure about this, or I'm I'm kind of frustrated about this, right. um, and just that that asking clarity um, 
it helped me as a leader to make sure. some adjustments. Sure. sure. Okay. I, I realize that I'm not, I'm not uh, giving you the things that you need in order to be successful. Sure. So mm-hmm. yeah, I, I can make an adjustment there. I, I got called into a pastor's office when I was a youth pastor at one point and the pastor w- was laying out to me, Hey, uh, and I've only been working at this church for probably six months. Hey, listen, um, listen, there's some stuff you're not doing and blah, blah, blah. And so we, uh, he talked about his frustrations about, I didn't have enough going on for the kids, and I didn't have enough of this, and I didn't have enough of that. Great thing is I keep track of everything I do. So I pulled out what I originally, when I was hired, what I told them I would do. Mm-hmm. We're in agreement with that. Yeah, but you're not doing that. And then I pulled out the calendar, the newsletters that I had published, mm-hmm. and it showed clearly that I had been doing those things. He had been talking with uh, a, um, a child or a young adult in the church who was voicing, we don't have, we don't do enough jello eating contests. We're not having enough fun. And so I was able to pull out, well, actually we have a so- two social activities a month. He's like, Oh, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. Sometimes it's just uh, the, you know, and it goes into the next point is sometimes you just have to have the difficult conversations, but have them. If right. you as a leader right. um, need to need to get somebody aligned, you need to figure out why they're not aligned or you as a follower, if you don't feel like you're meeting their expectations, Take time, have the difficult conversation, sure. lay it out, get it clear, and then move forward. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. That's really good. And never air dirty laundry. No. No. If you have well, a if you have a problem with your leader. Definitely, uh, I think that you got to take the dirty laundry out because it needs to get cleaned. Yes. But you never air dirty laundry out downhill. Right, yeah. right, right. Okay. Right. If, I, if I'm frustrated with my pastors, mm-hmm. you guys, us, me. Yep. Right. I talk with our pastors. Yeah. Right. Now, if I have to, if I can't get this corrected, I go upward. Yep. I can sure. call, I've, I've had conversations with Pastor Jurgen about how to run this team here. Yeah. And uh, not saying I had any frustrations ever on the planet in the last 10 years, but in talking with my leaders, if I did, and I'm always clear, I'm yeah. clear, Saxon, you know this, Jared, you know this. Yeah. If I'm challenged with how to lead you, I'm going to talk with Pastor Jurgen, Pastor Leanne about what I'm dealing with. Because yep, I right. want my right. leaders' input on how I can lead better. But I'm not going to go to someone in the church who's a student in in youth ministry yeah. and say, "I'm really frustrated with Pastor Saxon. Yeah, right. He doesn't have enough lists. Yeah, <laughs> I just you know because that's inappropriate. Yeah, you know, sure. and so that's that that creates additional misalignment. Not only are you not aligned with me already, okay. there's a breakdown. Yeah, but now I'm getting people down the chain out of alignment and. That's an issue. That's sure. a no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. I don't even do it necessarily with peers. Um, you know, if it's about a leader, I do it with peers. If it's a peer issue, mm-hmm. but if it's, I, I would never voice to you uh, inappropriate uh, frustrations with my leaders. Yeah. Right. Okay. Right. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, well, it's like in in a marriage. That's why you don't um, talk you don't your kids about your wife. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah. Talk yeah. to your kids about your wife. Or talk to your friends about your wife, because then when you fix things with your wife, <laughs> they're the peers. Don't, say, like, well, don't uh, say bad things about my wife, because then we're going to get back together, and it's going to be weirdness between us. It yeah, be. exactly. Yeah. That's a great example. Yeah. I've seen that. I've seen yeah. that happen. Yeah, actually, yeah, we, we <laughs> so don't do that. Yeah. Don't do that. No, and I'm but appropriate, appropriate sounding words. I know that if I had if I had an issue of frustration with either one of you, mm-hmm. I could go to the other one yeah. and say, hey. Could you, let me, yeah. From your perspective, am I seeing sure. this wrong? Give me some pointers. Help me get some clarity on this before I sure. address this. Because sure. I don't want to hit it with a hammer right. if, <laughs> if I, it's a total, it's on my part, right. which may be the case, right? I mean, that's just, that's a good healthy sounding board, but I would never go to 
a youth leader and say, hey, listen, I've been having some problems with Saxon lately. And <laughs> Why, I, hey, do you guys have a problem with me? Well, Jeez, that's, keep, actually, this is <laughs> not a podcast. We're not recording. That's part recording. Probably just a little minor, uh, a minor point. How to adjust the... A little minor faster. point here that I think is already a given is I never go to somebody else until I've gone to person first. Yeah, yeah. You know, yep. I, I have leaders or people in the church come to me, and it happens occasionally. Hey, I'm having a struggle with so-and-so. Okay, stop right there. Have you talked to so-and-so right. yet? Well, no, I just want to get know, some input first. No, 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 no. You know, there's, you know there's no lack of clarity or anything. Right. They're just trying to rally allies. Yeah, they want to get a team going. Yeah. So. yeah. yeah. That's well, that's, that's not us, though. So. No. That's good. Because we're an awesome team. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> Crickets start chirping. Oh, apparently, everybody left the studio, and I'm alone by myself now. Took okay. a nap for a second. All right. So... I think that's probably all the time we have for this episode. Well, we burned up a long one here, but it's all good. So it's all good. A little over time, but it's good good material. Hope everybody has enjoyed that and and gained from it. Hope you're looking forward to our third and last part, getting yourself back into alignment. Oh, Oh, this one's for you, Saxon. Yeah, yeah. See, it's been building to this. You better pay attention. (laughs) This this one was the setup for that one. I'm (laughs) ready. Bring it. (laughs) Until next time, I'm Jerry Gillahan. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our pastors, leaders, and what we do at C3 Church, visit our website at c3swwa.com.